coming at you live from Growler House in Spartanburg. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. Even better for us, one-day contract doesn't pay a cent except for the warm, fuzzy feeling that maybe, just maybe, you've gained three new best friends. <laughs> one-day contract is a proud part of the Riot Network powered by Ortho Carolina. Be sure to check out some of our network mates, Keep Pound In, the Roaring Riot podcast, or it is what it is. For even more great talk about your favorite team, even better, follow the Riot Network on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. And check out the 2018 Roaring Riot training camp guide fueled by Bojangles for all your biscuit and carbohydrate needs. My name is Nikki Wolf. Alongside of me, as always, Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report. Yay. The crowd goes okay. wild here okay. at the live okay, show. Runner-up for 2007 Sorry. Men's Fitness Man of the Year. That's true. That's we true. Don't, we don't make things up here. And Kendall Moorhead's biggest fan, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, and a guy who moves his hands way too much when he's making videos at training camp. It's true. And signed to the one-day contract today, Miss Jordan Rodrigue, Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer, unabashed bacon ranch sunflower seed devotee and student voted most likely in her high school to have a t-shirt with her dog's face on it. I'm not mad about any of that, by the way. <laughs> I love it all. Thank you guys for having me. I really am excited to be here. And I do have a t-shirt with my dog's face on it. Yeah, I was yeah. told that you were going to wear that t-shirt. I know. It got soaked in the rain this morning. Oh. Yeah. And I so I tried. I really did. I blue dry it in my hotel. Yeah. Didn't work. Tucker yeah. was going to make his Facebook Live first appearance <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Gain some fans. It would have been really exciting. It's probably good that he didn't come, though, because he would have taken my job for sure. Oh, so. yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> Tucker would be on the one-day contract next week. Well, we're all, excited. Next week. we're all excited to have Jordan here, but uh, you just glossed over the fact that in that 2007 uh, Men's Fitness Man of the Year award, totally screwed. Totally screwed. Who got I was like, like I got, I got Clay aiken <laughs> in 2007. Well, there's always 2008. I thought you were going to say you got beat by Clay Aiken. No, yeah. no, Clay Aiken, no, Clay Aiken, Charlotte native. Uh, he <laughs> was he led the voting the entire time, led the entire time in American Idol, and then got screwed at the end. Similar thing happened to me. This well, is like just a behind-the-scenes look at what happens to somebody before their Britney Spears 2008. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's amazing. It's you know, yeah. everyone was focused on the financial crisis, but <laughs> the 2007, you know, men's fitness. I don't. We don't need to get into it here today, but l let's just say there's a story to be told. Next okay? episode, probably right. Probably. Definitely. We uh, might lay you down on the couch and have you talk about this. I feel like you have a lot of feelings. <laughs> it's a real expose. <laughs> Feel your feelings. It's fine. This is a safe space. <laughs> so we obviously talk about all things Panthers, but we also cover the important things in life. Back in Charlotte right now. I don't know if you're aware, but the world has blown up over Hamilton and trying to get Hamilton tickets. So before we get into training camp, we're going to talk Hamilton. But so I was number 70,000 in oh, line. Nice. Just missed it. Yeah. Just missed, missed it. Missed it by this much. <laughs> I'm making a very small gesture. Um, what would you do anything for to get a ticket? Some people are like, I would pay whatever. I will wait in line. I will be the 70,000th person for Hamilton. Yeah. What would it be for you, though? For me to be to get a Hamilton Not ticket? Not Hamilton, but anything. Zach, Concert, sporting event. Zach Klein's, or excuse me, <laughs> Zach, Zach and Josh. We, Josh. we did have a ceremony last night. <laughs> <time, laughs> so. Congratulations. We've become one person. Well, I was going to say, I, now I ruined my joke. I was going to say Josh Klein's gun show, but <laughs> yeah. I, ruined, I totally ruined my joke. I, mean, I ruined my joke. You can't put a price on that either. <laughs> it's true. You it's just true. can't. It costs a lot, so get some tape because I'm ripped. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. The thing is, my uh, my wife always makes fun of me because I'm a big uh, Dave Matthews Band fan. I don't care. I'm a man. I like what I like. Don't <laughs> don't judge. And uh, oh, you're being judged. Yeah, no, I know. You, you can Silent. feel it. Just do you it. You can feel just it. Just do it right, silently. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All right, I'm out. You <laughs> <laughs> could go to Spartanburg or go see a jam band. Let's make a decision. Do we need oh. to lay you down on the couch if, as well? Do you need to talk about it? If there was a it? choice, <laughs> yeah, if we want to go through my favorite, my fave songs, I'm all about it. You want to talk a little two-step, a little warehouse, I'm all about it. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I would just pay, like, an unlimited amount of money. Like, if, if the choice was, like, Dave Matthews is going to play me an acoustic set right here and I get to pick the songs, there's not a lot that I wouldn't do. I like it. Yeah. I like it. What about you, Colin? Um, well, um, as the only married person here, mine needs to involve my wife somehow. So, um, uh oh. <laughs> no. I'd also like to bring my wife. I'd also <laughs> like to bring my wife to the Dave Matthews acoustic show. 
Uh, I just want that also, to be clear. Shout out to Josh's wife, who's the, the most amazing human being on the planet. She, it's true. She did my hair. Yeah, she did great. She did a great job. I hope. I mean, that's up to everyone else to decide. I guess. But yeah. Two she, thumbs up. She yeah. is. She is wonderful. I guess I'm the total square because I would actually say something sports related. I guess um, I would. I'd, I would love to see a classic Carolina Duke matchup Ooh, in answer. Cameron. That would be that would be the one that, even though I'd hate to go in that building, hopefully I'd get to enjoy walking out of that building. Sure. Would you wear Carolina gear whilst whilst it depends. See, it depends because I I've got I've actually gone to see a game there one time, and because I got tickets from my cousin who went to Duke at the time, I guilted her because I was in the military at the time. So it's the thing. Uh, I said, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go to battle. I need some tickets. Um, <laughs> it worked. Okay. It worked. I, sure, I was in the middle of Cameron crazies. <laughs> Um, and it took about six seconds for people to figure out that I was not a camera crazy, but it was not intentional. Right. It was not intentional. So, no, I don't intentionally try to be that guy. I'd rather enjoy the environment than be like the show. That's fair. In that, in that situation. I buy that. I have two, and Ooh. they're tied. Um, I would love to see Chris Cornell play an acoustic set um, one last time before he passed. Rest in peace. And also Iron Chef America. Ooh, man. <laughs> I yes. want to go watch Iron Chef America. Watch or be a judge. If, well, both. I want to watch it, but I want to have, like, this is far into the future, clearly. I want a hover chair so mm. I can just float <laughs> around the kitchen and just sample the food. Just, like, have a long spoon on, like, a little retractable. This is an amazing technological advancement, by the way. Really moving forward and, <laughs> in history. I, I hate to tell you, I don't think it's a te- technological advancement. If you drive down Wilkinson, you will see these hover chairs going down the side of the road <laughs> on a regular basis. I just want a super long sample spoon, and I just want to be, like, hovering. and just. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's your number one Iron Chef, if we're talking Iron Chef America? Um, oh, my gosh. Cat Cora. Oh, yeah. Cats, cats, good. Yeah. I'm a big Bobby Flay guy. I really think I just like Throwdown more than anything else. That's yeah. the best show on Food Network. I'm a me. Michael Simon person. Oh. Michael Simon, I think he's fair. funny. Yeah. He just, you, you could tell he just, when he goes home at night, he literally just stands in a box very still. <laughs> 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 just, like, he doesn't go to, he doesn't sleep. Yeah. I think he's a robot. Yeah. I, I assume they all that. do that, though, right? Probably. I could see Cat Cora. I thought they all stayed in the studio. Well. Aren't they all just standing there <laughs> yeah. the entire time just <laughs> waiting for Challenger yeah. to show up? <laughs> what happens when Who's you don't judge? get chosen? The judge goes around and, like, presses a button. Power down. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Flay, like, drops steak out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> all right. From, uh, from that... Whatever that was. <laughs> Thank you, they guys. They should have powered down Mario a couple more times, apparently. No, that was Aww. Aww. Oh, man. That was a good joke. It took me a second <laughs> to get it. I had to, I waited. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't th- have Jordan you guys would, tried those cinnamon Jordan rolls, though? That I shouldn't have said that one. Good I'm just going to sip my beer now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Everybody take a sip of your beer, and let's jump right into training camp. Thank Injuries. You, it was kind of a bloodbath. Let's start with Daryl Williams, torn MCL and dislocated patella on Saturday. First, is Taylor Moten ready? That is not him driving by, for the oh record. Oh. Yeah. As we talk about injuries, an ambulance goes <laughs> screaming yeah. down the street. I feel like we need, like, we need to like knock on some wood right now. That right? was a sign. Yeah. Is everybody yes. safe? I think that was a sign. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. You know, Good I, job, I think I've been kind My of bad. in the camp where Taylor Moten is a more natural, to me, a more natural fit at tackle than he is at guard. Um, just the way that he's built, he's long, he's hyper-athletic. Uh, not that guards aren't hyper-athletic, but it's just a different kind of body type. And Taylor Moten is kind of, he's a space eater, but he also is a quick lateral mover, and, and he's really explosive side to side. Guards, a lot of it's, um, you know, low to the ground, kind of stout, very explosive up and down, and kind of, you know, the faster you get to the center, the faster things happen. Um, so Taylor, I think it's a good fit. I think that this is, you never want anyone to get hurt and it was awful both injuries and we'll get to the other one in a second I know but just awful and these players meant mean so much to the team and so you never want this to happen but at the same time when it does happen or if it and it inevitably in this brutal game it does happen um someone who is ready to go and who has been taking a majority of snaps uh last year in practice at tackle um that's kind of you know, it's it's the best case of the worst case, if that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, if, if somebody was going to get hurt, I, which obviously you don't want to talk, like you have to talk in hypotheticals, but uh, 
I do think that Taylor Moten is, is ready to kind of step into that right tackle spot. One of the things that I was really impressed with was when you talk to – we talked to Ryan Khalil after practice, and he said that one of the hardest things for offensive linemen to get is get their confidence because they're going to make bad plays. Lord knows we saw – we've seen some over the past few days just in drills. But, like, when you – uh, you're on an island out there, and you are going to make a bad play, and that's when you get your name called is when you make a bad play. And do you have the confidence to step back up and get back in the huddle and say, okay, I got this next time, and to go right back up and make that play? And Taylor Moten, when he was speaking immediately after Daryl Williams got hurt, said confidence a million times, right, Jordan? I feel like he yeah, said it a bunch of times did. how confident he was. He did, and I think that was smart of him to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I think – I personally would like to see him find a little bit more of a mean streak. I think he is hyper-intelligent, incredibly athletic, and I think in terms of his skill set, he could he knows the system and he could definitely step in right away. I want to see him put someone on their ass. <laughs> like, I want to see a mean streak come out of this kid. And again, this is one of the this is one of the kindest and and you want this in your offensive linemen. You want them to be the nicest guy ever off the field and you want them to be a mean SOB on the field and you know any offensive line coach will tell you that and this is what I want to see from Taylor Moten I want to see him get scrappy and we'll see that probably more so in the preseason game um, I just want to see him really get his knuckles in the dirt and get and like p plant someone honestly that's I, what I think we need to see from him yeah I picture Norwell last year I think it was when they did those joint practices with Tennessee he like threw one of the defensive tackles aside and it was just like you're the best. That's that X yeah. factor. Yeah, really is. that X factor. <laughs> and I honestly, can you imagine? I mean, he, Taylor Moten's one of the biggest guys on the team, mm -hmm. and one of the strongest. And if you, if if a guy like him switched into that, like, uh, not to be cliche, but like that Hulk mode, you know, that's a scary, scary thing and a powerful thing to have when the Panthers have been kind of inconsistent the last couple of years on that line. And this is this is what you drafted him for. Maybe you say it's a year earlier or whatever, but when you're looking at Daryl Williams possibly looking at a contract, if you've got a, a guy that you've invested draft capital in, like Moten behind him or, you know, now in front of him, um, that allows you that freedom to let Daryl Williams – who's been injured in three or four seasons, possibly walk out that door and not feel, you know, not feel as bad about it. And that is something that as you build a team, it's not the fun stuff that we like to talk about where you're keeping guys. But if Moten can show up and be and take that right tackle spot, that's money you don't have to spend. And that's a better team that hopefully you can continue to build around in the future for, you know, Cam and company. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that he is, he is ready to, to make that, that jump. And if he's not ready – Now's the time to find out, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. And Colin, you wrote about this. Should Williams have surgery? Well, Josh and I just discussed the, the column. Sorry for, for outing you, Josh. We discussed the column <laughs> before behind the curtain before before it was written. <laughs> and and I feel like a, a, when we initially had our conversation, a lot of it was concrete. And then you walk through it and you go, "This guy has been injured, and he does have this, and he has this, and he's gonna you know potentially put off a, a, you know this payday another year." It makes sense, I think, for him to try because if he if he tries to come back and he can't play, then everyone's gonna say, "Well, you couldn't come back and you couldn't play because you were injured." Have the surgery now, and he'll still be able to have that time to be ready for next season. So, I I think right now it's still a waiting game because you have that injury and you don't know what he's gonna he's gonna try and come back, but we don't know if he's actually going to be able. So this is not over. Like, the, to me at this point, the, the decision to, to have surgery has not been made. It's been delayed. And we'll see what he looks like when he's, you know, they said six-plus weeks or, you know, at the, at the absolute earliest to try and get him back. Um, I think he the – only, the only way that he can try and speed up his timeline is to come back and play well. But unfortunately for him, it looks like he's going to have to do probably at least a one-year prove-it deal uh, at the end. Well, I think it even goes deeper than that, honestly. And I think that it, it's – because he's in a contract year – um, teams are so secretive and quiet this time of year that nobody knows anything about anybody in terms of like how what players' health is like. And he's in a contract year, and if he has surgery right now, then everything any GM reads about Daryl Williams, the first thing it's going to say is Daryl Williams had season-ending knee surgery, which mm -hmm. is a death penalty in terms of a big-time contract especially the year before a big-time contract. So I think not only is this a move of self-preservation, if he can rehab it correctly and, and piece together, you know, a, a decent year, 
um, then you can explain to teams, like, I just need a full offseason to rehab this knee, and I'll be this, you know, second-team all-pro player. Look what I did to make sure that I could prove my worth to you. And that's what I think is, is kind of happening here. And also, it's, um, it's kind of complicated um, in terms of if he's out for the season, you need to sign, you need to sign a tackle. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's, it's – it's, I, re- I reported earlier in the year that he was getting – there was a huge discrepancy in contract negotiations between the club and Daryl Williams' camp. And so you, you can't sit there – this is a ho- obviously horrible timing for him, and he can't afford to have any extraneous variables um, out in, in the public and, and on the desks of GMs, like having a season-ending knee surgery – the injury is bad enough. Having a season-ending knee surgery makes it even worse when these GMs are kind of considering, okay, is he going to hit free agency? So right now his decision is also, will they revisit this conversation and maybe, um, you know, maybe maybe it's time for to talk about lower money. Maybe it's time to talk about this kind of a thing because the Panthers know who, they, who this is now a bargaining chip on their table. We know who you are as a player. So it's really a tough situation for the player to be in the club never wants to see a player hurt but they now have a bargaining chip on the table that other teams are going to ask all these questions about the knee and what's going on with the knee but the Panthers can sit there across the the conference table and say we know exactly who you are as a player and so uh, we know that we can trust you but you're going to have to take a little bit less money. Complicated. Yeah I mean everything always is but it's like when you uh, when you look at like nothing feels more like a business when someone gets injured because then it's just like it's just, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you feel terrible for the guy, but at the same time, when you're, if you're the Carolina Panthers, you have to say, hey, you know that, that contract that we offered you, like, now here's a little bit smaller one because we don't know what you're going to be like when you come back. Or the other thing that I always think about, or not always think about, since Saturday have always thought about, uh, <laughs> constantly I'm always thinking about, is um, what is, what if he comes back? What if he rehabs his way back and Taylor Moten is playing his ass off and is killing it at right tackle. Is that Daryl Williams' job still? Well, he's going to be – then he would be a free agent. Yeah, right? That yeah. would just – he would just rehab his yeah. way back, and then – but then he's a free agent that couldn't win his job back from a second-year pro. It's it's like a – But it's still a second-round pick, and, and, and Daryl Williams is a day-three pick. And I know he was second-team all-pro, but guys can get, get that award once. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a different thing when you become a perennial winner. And I think that the question – or the, then the Panthers would find themselves in um, almost a, for them in terms of the fiscal nature of the club itself, they would find themselves kind of in a solid situation from, from their standpoint. Like I said, with the bargaining chip, they're like, look, we don't have to pay this guy for another two years. Um, and we want you to be a part of this club. And, you know, you have a house in Charlotte and family. But this is what the situation is. And and Marty Herney has shown he is ready to be that guy. He's going to be that guy. He's not going to be the, oh, I really like you so here's a here's a couple extra bucks yeah i'm pretty sure that so. guy left the building yeah, yeah. <laughs> he don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real, real quick since we're talking about moat and, and you seem you seem bullish on him and you've watched him jordan um so closely what about is, is there any chance that these are the tackles of the future that moton and williams are the tackles of the future like do you think could could do you think either one could could play that left tackle. I know. I know everybody thinks that anybody could play it better than Matt Khalil <laughs> at times. But that the jokes aside, could these guys be tackles for future, or do you think that they're both right tackles? I don't think that Daryl. We saw Daryl try to play the left. Um, it didn't go well, um, and it just is not. I don't think that that's feasible, especially with the injury. I mean, again, the thing we have to keep in mind is like we see how difficult it is for a left tackle to play through a super debilitating injury Matt Khalil it's a hip or was a hip apparently he's all good now so it's going to be different this year but um but then on the right side you know Taylor I think has an advantage here because he's played he's playing swing tackle in practices last year every single like he's in their jumbo set their goal line package he's either a stack tackle on the right or a stack tackle on the left whatever side he stacks that's probably the the direction Cam Newton or Jonathan Stewart are running in and so he had the advantage of, of being kind of that extra blocker. So he probably has more of an advantage in terms of perhaps being a feasible option for them in the future. But the offensive line is so interesting because you have to constantly, constantly be thinking three or four years ahead in terms of the guys that you go out and, and pull in. So I think especially right now as well, 
some of the undrafted free agent guys that they're looking to try and bring in, some of the later round, mid round draft picks that I assume they will draft next year. It's just um, they're they're kind of seeing what the contingency plan will be because right now they don't really have a contingency plan. Yeah, uh, I just I don't know. I the was it? I'm about to make a tell a little bit of a terrible story. Was it <laughs> a tackle that said not going to be the first time, and it certainly won't be the last time? Uh, was it what there was a tackle earlier this off season who said someone asked him the difference between playing left tackle and right tackle, and he said it's the difference between wiping your butt with your regular hand and wiping your butt with your other hand. And it was like, huh, that is a, Whoa. That is a large <laughs> difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, my, if, my, now just to be clear. My mind is blown right now. That's, that's if somebody actually said that. They definitely, somebody the actually said that. Somebody has played it? right tackle did and you, left tackle in the history it? of the NFL. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's the difference it. here. That's someone why this falls said short. the difference between <laughs> something and something else is like wiping your butt with one hand versus the other. Now, I'm pretty sure it was right tackle versus left tackle, but it also could have been right guard versus left guard, center versus tackle. Could have been a lot of stuff. I'm pretty sure it was an offensive lineman. This whole thing is falling apart. Uh, <laughs> that's an amazing quote, though. It really is, that's though, amazing. right? Which I wish that if I was able to pull it, it out. If, yeah, exactly. If you didn't dream it. I'm pretty You're sure. You're going to have to maybe just wipe it from your memory. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is classic Jordan Rodriguez. Yeah, if anyone remembers telling him that, could you send us a message <laughs> yeah. somewhere? Excuse me. I'd, yeah. like, I'd like to speak with you, sir. Yeah, yeah. like we tomorrow night, I'll be that. like, my friend Jeff will text me like, yeah, dude, remember that was that time that I told you? <laughs> yeah, no. It was when we were 20 beers deep on the lake. Yeah, that, sound, that also sounds about right. So the other injury headline coming out of camp, Ross Cockrell, broken left leg. Jordan, Josh, you were both there and saw it. Tell us a little bit about that. Can I, know I leave for this portion <laughs> of the show, please? If you want to get me a beer, you could. <laughs> I'll do that. It was one of those, you know, I wasn't there, but watching just on Twitter, you know, you see when someone goes down, you can't really tell or really gauge how bad it was. This was one where the minute it happened, you knew something bad had happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uh I mean, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I will just tell you a little bit about, so we kind of stand in the same area, all the media members kind of stand in the same area. And at one point, um, a fellow media member came over and showed us a video of the uh, of the break where you could clearly hear mm. Cockrell yelling, my leg is broke. And then you could also clearly hear the other thing that happened. Um, I mean, it's just such a, it, it's, it just, it's a, I mean, it's devastating. Like, can you imagine that happening just in real life, let alone uh, in a in just a regular football play? Like, it didn't happen. Right. It, it didn't happen like, oh, my God, a crunching hit. It was just kind of – it looked like a regular play, and then all of a sudden Cockerell was on the ground. It sounded almost like a gunshot. Yeah. Oh. And that was something <laughs> – Col- Colin is dry heaving in the corner, yeah. by this, the way. No, there's nothing uh, – there's uh, snakes, blood – Nope, just not lower leg injuries. Yeah. I, I can't. And you know what? I do think that is an, it is important to talk about this stuff because I think it's important for people, especially fans of this game, as wonderful as, as it is, to remember always how it can change your entire life brutally in an instant and how fast and physically that these players play this game. And so that was our, you know, everyone's all excited. You know, it's training camp, football's back rah, rah, this is going to be great. Um, you know, red zone drills are always the most fun thing to watch. You know, Cam Newton gets really into it, and everyone is just really hyped up. And then, um, you know, you could, you could you see it happen, and you hear it, and you then see all of this, the secondary, which, which is in the end zone, and they see it just just, like, flinch away in horror. And, like, you see a couple guys, you know, cry, and you see a couple guys, you know, everyone rushes rushes to him, and Luke Keekley is calling for the cart immediately. And, like, it's just one of those things where complete silence, just dead, dead silence, and that's when you can hear screaming. And it's like, okay, <laughs> this is – this we love this game, but this is so brutal what these guys put their bodies through to, in order to be out there on that field. And Ross and Josh and I had have talked to a couple players about this over the last two day, three days or so. Obviously, yesterday being a day off, like you, it couldn't have happened to a better person. I mean, the nicest guy and a Charlotte kid, and his whole family is this family of Charlotte super athletes and super geniuses. And like, 
just a really, really great kid or great guy. I mean, he's, he's my age, which is crazy to think about too, your entire life changing like that. And, and he just, they're showing clips of his, his, um, his technique in the film room since the spring because he's just everywhere he needs to be at the right time in the right place and he's showing the younger guys what to do and like I talked to Kevon Seymour today after when we were all kind of in our various little post-practice scrums and he almost started crying talking about it and it's two days ago when it happened and he said you know what we all had a we all had a meeting together and we decided we're going to dedicate this season to, to Ross Cockrell oh. and you know of course I'm like oh my god <laughs> You know, my heart, my heart just broke. Don't mind me. I'm not crying and over just, here now. It just was so. He went to Duke. It's okay. You, oh. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard for you to to realize like how important behind the scenes the the, fam the familial bond these guys build with each other is, and it's just really you see it in little moments like that. Well, and and to take it away from the injury for just a second, the the impact because Ross Cockrell is a guy who will, wouldn't you know he's not he's not taking Bradbury's job, mm -mm. but. He plays this. He plays a significant role, and these are the roles that it's it's, it's oftentimes hard to see from the outside. I mean, mm -hmm. it, you, you, the story you're just telling, Jordan, about his impact on these young guys. That stuff. Th that's the difference between between being a run of the mill team and maybe a special team is having those guys that are professional enough and understand enough their position not only within within the, the position group but within the team structure to be able to. to think outside themselves to help these young guys. That's what it takes. And that's why you see sometimes these, you know, some of these old veterans getting jobs. You know, why are they bringing the old vet back? Because you know why? Because he knows how to talk to every young man in, a, in, in that, in those meeting rooms. Yeah. And, the, and that kind of stuff matters. And I think it's one of the, it's one of those areas of, of sports that's very difficult for fans to appreciate. But make no mistake, it's absolutely, it's absolutely a part of it. And you look at the great players throughout this team's history, and not just this team, but other teams. But there are those mentor roles that help guys get to that to those levels. I mean, and, and, and we, we departed one recently, Derek Anderson, you know, Joe Webb. Those guys w were instrumental for years for Cam Newton. And th those types of roles are often underappreciated outside the building. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, Cockrell, like, you know, instantly the focus is who's, who, who's going to fill that void on the field. Mm -hmm. But – if, if these guys are dedicating their season to Ross as a, you know, he, he was a mid-level free agent, that, that shows you how much deeper this is to your point, Jordan. And, and, and again, it gets back to the point that these are people and, and these are guys. And that's the, the point we try to make, you know, with the Daryl Williams piece is that these guys, as much as we love rooting for the laundry, as Josh says, yeah. <laughs> that these are guys, they do have lives, and, and it, it, hopefully hopefully Ross will still find a way to make his impact on this season. Yeah, and I think they're going to – I mean, I think that they want him in their long-term plans. Um, obviously, it's a long road to rehab, but I think uh, they do want him in their long-term plans. I mean, he just – Ron Rivera said it today. He fits. He just instantly fit. When you talk to him, you just get – he just gets it. I mean, he really is just – um, he's like kind of what they lost in losing Kurt Coleman, mm -hmm. someone who just is kind of the glue. And it was so f almost funny that he was so, so quickly that guy. It, he didn't have to be around for two years before he established that presence. He just, he was that guy like instantly. I, I feel like there are some people that have that kind of personality or that kind of professionalism for lack of a better term, that they just walk into a job and within a week you're just like oh yeah this is your job like you this is you know how to do this and you know how to mentor younger people you don't have to be in in the system for years to be able to teach it to young people you know what i'm saying and that's that's what he was doing and he was so good at his specific job which i think is something that gets overlooked all the time where it's you know you look at ross cockrell and you say well who is this guy? You know, he was on the Giants. They weren't that good. I had passed the fence last year. But what he did was he did his job very well, and he would come in to the locker room and to the film room, and he knew exactly what to do, what to say, how to be a professional football player. And that's so important to be able to teach, not just from an on-the-field, here's where you put your hands, here's where you put your feet, but to teach these young guys how to be a professional football player is a big deal. And you, you just invested draft capital in that – in that you know very meeting room you invested high draft capital yeah. to get those guys in there and then to have instantly have a guy for them to learn from sure and that's a great point too because when uh 
when they let Josh Norman walk and Dave Gettleman had to go shop hungry in the draft, mm-hmm. um, the three cornerback draft, he called Kurt Coleman on the phone and was like, I need you to be the guy for these three guys this year. And he's like, Kurt's like, okay, <laughs> right? And, and you just know he's that guy that can do that. And, and so it's the same thing. You, you bring in a young guy, you have to have establ- an established presence in that room. And while that's not to say that James Bradbury couldn't be that guy, James is a different type of leader. Ross Cockrell is like, I will physically move you into the spot you need to be in, mm-hmm. but not make you feel bad about it kind of a leader, which is so interesting. It's like <laughs> he's really, wa- really interesting. He puts his arm around he's you like, and then walks here, you yeah. and then walks you three yards to the <laughs> yeah, left. Yeah. He's just, all right, pretend, I'm going to leave you right here. Pretend we're hugging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Meanwhile, James Bradbury might be my f- the funniest guy on the team. Which like, he is so hilarious. It's great, too, because nobody would, um, nobody would really know by, talking to him until you like get him out of a show a little bit because um he's got like that dry sneaky humor oh where God, he'll so just funny. like give you and like we when we had asked players we asked daryl worley a lot about this last year we were like does he talk trash at all <laughs> and daryl's like i don't i hate the fact that you guys never hear it <laughs> because it's so obnoxious and he just does it and we were like no no he's so nice mm-hmm. like he's, no not not him he was fixing his mom's toilet when he was drafted no not that guy and then you get to know him a little bit and you're just like oh like he's really come into his own i think he's got some confidence yeah i agree i think he does have that confidence coming into this next year into that third year and uh ron rivera said after to after practice today that he's looking for in that third year that's when players ascend and i thought that was such a cool way for Mm -hmm. him to say it because they do they make that jump Mm -hmm. from being a good cornerback because he was a good cornerback last year to being a great cornerback and I think that's what they need that's what they're expecting from him and also uh, he talked about swimming yesterday mm-hmm. and how he started tried to swim in the off season and he said to and I quote I tried to swim about a mile but I think I only made it a quarter mile swimming is hard and I <laughs> that, like it brought the whole house down like it was hilarious I loved it yeah he's he's really funny and um, I think that's a good point that you bring up too I know I'm sorry I'm getting off topic here but um, it's like the the Panthers are not going to pay a guy if they don't string back-to-back awesome seasons together. It's mm-hmm. why Daryl Williams' year was so important this year. It's why Devin Funches has not had a deal gotten done yet mm-hmm. because they are going to they they're going to need to see it's a prove it mentality with now that they have depth and competition on this roster, and so this is a really crucial year for James Bradbury, almost more crucial than next year, even though that will be his contract year because then they'll see this year what he actually has learned and can translate onto the field and information retention. And the important thing about, as you say, two seasons of success is that that means that there was an off season where you didn't, <laughs> you, didn't you weren't doing nonsense. You were working towards getting better. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that you played well for four months, but you probably played well for closer to 20 months at minimum. Mm-hmm. And then you feel a whole lot more comfortable. Uh, giving up some of that cap space for a guy. And then when you're accustomed to excellence, then excellence is just what you are. Yeah. Yeah. As as we all sit here. You guys, can put, proof that, of. Sounds, you guys yeah. can put that on a T-shirt. I will not charge you. That's, wow. Yeah. That's, that's our new I motto. I might ask for one more beer, but I will <laughs> <Yeah>. charge you. <laughs> Get, Get Jordan a beer. <laughs> Get her one more. Let's talk impressions so far. Who's standing out for you? Um, I... Pfft. So this is going to be the most generic answer of all time. <laughs> no, but it's like who isn't I, standing out to Josh? I feel like <laughs> I, yeah, it's everybody. It's the whole team. Uh, the thing is, is that I, I feel like I've answered this a few times, but it sounds so crazy. But it's like I watch Greg Olson out there, and it's just such a, it's just, it's exactly what you expect from Greg Olson. It's you know the thousand yards, eighty catches, ten touchdowns. He's just so natural with Cam Newton, and you almost forgot about it last year because he was gone for so long. And then he gets back on the field. He obviously looks completely healthy. But in my mind, he's a top two, top three tight end in the NFL. And when you lose a guy like that for the entire season, that's going to affect not just your offense. It's going to affect your whole entire scheme, your entire, your entire playbook. And to get a guy like that back, to have that security blanket, to get whatever Cam's dog, however you want to put it, <laughs> back on the field – I don't feel like that's that fun. Whatever. That's a. Uh, it's. I, I. just feel like it's. It's a guy that like he is going under the radar somehow, for being a guy that goes to the Pro Bowl all, all the time, of All Pro. He does f- fly under the radar because everybody wants to talk about Torrey Smith and 
DJ Moore and Jarius Wright and Christian McCaffrey and CJ Anderson. They brought in all these new weapons, but it's not just the new weapons that are going to make a huge impact. I do think it's going to be the oldest weapon on the offense is Greg Olson. I, I think that's who that's who is standing out to me every single practice. He makes at least one catch where I'm like, mm, is nice. that just because you're staring at him the entire time? He's very handsome. Okay. I okay. don't feel just bad. Making <laughs> sure. I just uh, I I agree with Josh. It's like it's just a different. It's like a different level of smooth. I mean, it's yep. like kind of this quiet confidence where, I mean, we already knew he's he's Cam's favorite target for a reason. I mean, his his catch window is insane. He just like makes creates space, um, and then just grabs the ball. And it's really interesting because I I like to watch what he's doing when he's not he was obviously not getting the ball thrown to him, and the layers that he's able to create. Um, by his route running in the middle of the field is insane. It trips up linebackers, mm -hmm. even guys like you know Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis, and it, it clogs everything up so that other options are available. That's something they really did not have last year. And that can't, especially in North Turner's offense where they want to be vertical and they want to get the ball down the field in the air, like I think that that is so uh, underrated. It's so mm -hmm. important. Um, and it's kind of funny, you know, you just – you almost feel the defense give up when he is clearly going to get the ball. They're yep. just like, okay, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. It's, it's just really interesting. But, yeah, I, I'm, I've been – yeah, I, could, I agree with you. I, I think it's just – it's one of those things that no one really – I mean, not no one wants to talk about it, but it's like when Jarius Wright is wide open on third and four, five yards down the field in the middle of the field, it's because Greg Olson is running a route somewhere else yeah. that's drawing the linebackers away. Yeah. That's the reason why he's wide open. Yeah. And, and it definitely has been under kind of, I don't know if report is the right term, but uh, it's been under uh, discussed as relates to last year's season for, for this team and particularly as it relates to, to Cam. You know, when, when Aaron Rodgers is missing Jordy Nelson, people can't wait to point out that Jordy Nelson's missing. But Cam's missing his anchor in the middle of the, in the, middle of the field. And, eh, it's just Greg Olson. Just an old just an old 30-plus tight end. Yeah. No big deal here. Uh. No, I, that's not my opinion. That's not, no, 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 no pin that's me. I'm saying don't <laughs> yeah. don't put me in yeah. that camp. I yeah. read about that a hell of a lot last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, but I just mean from I just mean from a natural. I, I was just reading how the Panthers are absolutely gonna gonna their records gonna go down earlier today. So, I think so. Uh, the other early impression of like what I just really enjoy, like I get like spiritual life watching this, is um, Dante Jackson and DJ Moore battles. Mm -hmm. And Dante Jackson on Devin Funches battles mm -hmm. because he is so much smaller than Devin, and he has been a menace to him all camp. And he is like, you, you know, you, you sit there and you think, this guy plays with such tenacity um, that you just it, – it's so interesting to me to watch. And when he makes a mistake, it's like he, fix it mid, he fixes it mid-step and then has this crazy closing speed that he just kind of can – it's like an eraser, honestly. It, he just erases the bad mistake. And that, then, it's, then like the old, it's like the yeah. old Thomas Davis, where Thomas Davis would take the worst routes to the, to the tackle, but he'd still beat everybody else to yeah. the tackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, speaking of the spec secondary, I want to ask about Golden. The, big, the hit was obviously the big story, but how emblematic has that been of kind of what you've seen out of him, or do you think he's uh, you know, going to be an early ready-to-contribute kind of guy, or what do you guys think? Uh, I think they're going to ask. I mean, the, the the reps that he's getting, he is getting some reps with the ones. I think that that secondary is going to be a rotating kind of a, a rotation a little bit. There are going to be times when Sean Galden's on the field with, with Mike Adams. There are going to be times when uh, Dante Jackson's on the field with James Bradbury versus Kevon Seymour. I think it's going to be a lot of moving parts in there. But the hit, right? Everybody wants to talk about the big hit. The reality is, is that a big hitter in the safety was something that the Panthers sorely lacked in 2017. I didn't hate seeing the tweet when I saw the tweets, just from that for, for what you're saying. Like I'm not, you don't want to do it to your own guy. You don't want to do it to your, in training camp. I'm with that. But there are some coaches that probably said, "Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. Wish you wouldn't have been our guy, but okay, <laughs> okay. I'm here for this." Yeah, I think he's extremely physical. I think he's extraordinarily physical and very, very smart football player. There's a theme with these guys. Everyone thinks the theme with the guys that the Panthers brought in is that we increased the speed at the skill positions. And that's and then we brought in a 
uh, crap ton of linebackers. And, like, <laughs> and, then, and then, but like, but really, really, the theme is they brought in some of the most spatially aware players, I think, in that draft class. And the thing about Rashawn Golden is it was not on purpose. You could see the physical trajectory of his body. He did move his head out of the way at the last second. He has that body control where he can do that. They want him. They want him to be physical. They want him to be smart because they're asking him to not only figure out the safety position and they're basically throwing him in baptism by fire and, and asking a lot of him early on in terms of the reps he's getting, like Josh said, um, but they also want him to play the Buffalo nickel. And so they asked Shaq Thompson the same thing, except with linebacker, and obviously there was less room for Shaq to get on the field at linebacker and at Buffalo nickel. Um, but with Rashawn, there's an immediate opportunity for him to play a huge amount of snaps at the Buffalo Nickel, which they love to play, especially in the, in the NFC South, and um, at safety, where there's a hole. And, and I think I like Denora Cersei as a player a lot, but they also want to, like Josh said, Sorry. they're, they're going to be rotating. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they're going to be rotating uh, matchups with, uh, like, with their matchups, which is so interesting, and they're doing it super early. They're not establishing. They don't want, like, oh, you know, Kevon Seymour started at corner this game, so he's the starter. It's like the terminology that they're trying to kind of avoid because instead they want it to always be complementary to itself, and it also has to be the correct matchup to play at that time. And that's something that Eric Washington has really emphasized um, this year on defense. Yeah, he, he made a very – he made a great a, – a huge point to say – that he wanted somebody – I was asking him about, like, inside corner versus outside corner, and he was like, I don't, I don't care about that terminology. I want somebody that can play all the corners. Mm -hmm. I want somebody that can play all the safeties. I don't want a strong safety and a free safety. I want safety and corner and all of the, uh, I guess, now linebacker. And you know what I love about that? That is the Cam – that's actually the Cam Newton effect because defenses have to prepare for – all the, the six different types of players Cam Newton can be every single game. Mm -hmm. And they the Panthers see, and they saw in 2015, that that works. When you have to always hold every single player accountable on every single team, and you can't really figure them out because they're fluid and they're kind of positionless and they don't have a set position that they're in and they can really do it all. If you see this guy on the field and you're like, oh, crap, I haven't actually prepared for this guy, you know, in the Buffalo nickel because I thought it was going to be the other guy because that's who the starting, that, that's who, the, you know, the terminology says is the starter, but it's not him. I mean, they're already overthinking it. And it's just so fascinating to me to watch that kind of develop because they really are um, light years ahead in terms of what they're trying to do on defense. Um, and, and it's just really interesting to see how they're, how they're doing it. As you mentioned the, the Cam Newton effect, I was thinking of an external component, and that would be Drew Brees and Sean Payton and their ability to manipulate you on the line of scrimmage. And so if you try and say, hey, this guy's going to do this one job for you, Sean Payton and Drew Brees are going to go, oh, really? Well, watch what we're going to do, and now we're going to put them in a completely different situation. So, I would, so but yeah, it, it is still the same yeah. effect that mm -hmm. there's going to – if you try and say, hey, we can do this with this one guy, the smart guy's – like Peyton and Breeze are going to figure you out. Is Peyton smart? He's smart, right? Yeah. Offensively smart. <laughs> yeah, no. He looks, like he, could, he's very he smart. looks like he could make some bad decisions. He's bought a boat once or twice uh, that he didn't want. <laughs> when we were uh, That's a hilarious way <laughs> to describe somebody. He's bought a boat once or twice that he didn't want. <laughs> At the Combine, he there's a tweet that went around, so I'm not sharing any like dirty mm -hmm. secrets or anything, but we were in the same place as this, so we saw it happen. But it is a matter of public record at this point, so I'm not going to get in trouble for sharing it. Um he stood on a table and, like, yelled about how much he loved Saquon Barkley, like mm -hmm. screamed it across the entire bar, just stood on a table and just screamed for, like, you know, in an ordinate amount of time about how much he loved Saquon Barkley. We were like, so that guy's, uh, that guy's something. What's, <laughs> what's the name yeah. of that place? The 21 Club? Was that it? Oh, Prime 47. Prime 47. Yeah. I knew there was a number in there, but I <laughs> – Sounds sketchy. Were you, were you not, are you just Sounds trying to, to, to point out that you were not invited? Is that what you're trying oh, no, to suggest? It's just a blip. <laughs> by the time you get there, know, Josh's, draft it's blurry. Josh's draft stock fell that year. So <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. <laughs> 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 he didn't get a combine. <laughs> I don't have a ton of land. You were not a lot of other That's a good left guard segue. I see left guard. That's why you're a pro. From the regional combine to the left guard. That's why she gets paid all the money here. During a little lightning round right now, battles who's winning? Left guard, Jordan. Um, 
I know that the people who follow this team will not like to hear this. Uh oh. <laughs> but I think okay. I think Amini. It's Amini Silatolu's job to lose because I think we have to take Ron Rivera seriously mm -hmm. when every single time we talk about this position, whether we ask about Amini or not, Ron brings up Amini. And I think he's bullish on this matter. And so I think that he's also motivating some of the younger guys. Um, I really like Tyler Larson as a guard. I think that that is dependent, however, on Ryan Khalil staying healthy. And so they're, they're kind of being careful with that. And my dude, Brendan Mann, yeah. who uh, is really stepping up. And Josh and I saw him all over the dang field today. I mean, mm -hmm. they, were, they were testing him at, it was again, it was a baptism by fire. They were like testing him at right tackle, left tackle, right guard, left guard, like in, at the, with the ones, with the twos. I mean, it was just, it was really interesting to watch. So that I'll was my, that was my, he didn't get a combine invite. So that was my segue. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's very, oh. <laughs> yeah. That was a deep cut. Yeah. Uh, the deep cut. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I, th I think it's Amini. I think you just, at some point, you just have to start listening to Ron Rivera. He keeps saying it's Amini Silatolu. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you are always want to be like. Are, well, no, are you suggesting? Are you always want to say that, that we like, start coach, listening to the guy that runs the coach team. speak. Oh, he's it's coach speak. He's telling us that Amini Silatolu is going to start. I think Amini Silatolu is going to start. Now, wait, coach before speak you. Doesn't, up, coach speak doesn't include player names. For the, oh, if, all you're, right. if you're giving coach speak, they will leave the players' names out. Because otherwise, they're selling. Well, I liked it. Out. Was it right after know. the draft? Ron, Ron's, like, pretty blunt. Yeah. 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 He's, like, pretty straight. I mean, his coach speak is more like, this guy sucks today. Like, yeah. That's more, that's more, like, his coach speak is, like, pretty straightforward. But I think that uh, I I think that it's his job to lose. Mm -hmm. I also don't think he's going to keep the job. No. Yeah. No. But if we're talking about Dallas, I think he's going to be starting week one in Dallas. Rest in peace. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, one more thing just about Brendan Mann. Um he like we are we are so caught up in it because we think about the Panthers all the time. They've had six training camp practices, and he has already gotten getting first team left guard snaps. So you're saying he's and a right yeah. well not right guard mighty snaps, mighty but good like, man. This is yeah. this is an undrafted <laughs> that free sounded agent. Sounded like something Jordan would say. I don't get it. Well, his last name is Man. Yeah, with an H. Yeah, but it doesn't. <laughs> but it sounds like oh, man. This is This is audio. We're doing audio. It's uh, not. Yeah. It's not written. See, it doesn't make. It's not as good if you write I don't know. it out. I you only exist in the matrix. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 don't worry. We'll edit that part out. Yeah. Live show. Yeah. Hey. 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 I sounded. I don't get it. <laughs> oh, what gosh. joke is that? Someone, is just the just, show in general, or just this specific? Someone just killed me. Like, oh my god. No, there's no death on this show. We we have a strict no, rule against that. No, we go forever. Or lower leg injuries. That's right. That's yeah. right. All right. Game time. Who's ready? Yes. First game. Game time. Really? And, yes, we absolutely stole this from SNL. Seth Meyers just brought it back with Amy Poehler last week. Oh, good. Love. It was hysterical. So we're just taking a page from them, you okay. know? Probably going to do it worse. Rivera says 200 carries for Christian McCaffrey. Josh, really? Uh, no. I think Christian McCaffrey, I think 200 carries is such a such – a, such a high number that he was like, yeah, I think he could get 200 carries. That's great. If you plan to be up 35 to nothing at halftime, <laughs> then all the running backs get 20 carries a game. I just think that 200 carries is a lot. I think 250 touches is a realistic number. But if you think he's going to get the ball stuffed into his gut 200 times, I just don't think he's going to get quite there. Interesting. Because yeah, I, I, have a, I have a completely different view of this. Oh, okay. Oh. Because 200 carries, if you – 16 weeks is 12 and a half carries a week. Okay. So, absolutely, he's going to get that. I think I do think 25 to 30 touches is the goal. But what that means is that now Christian McCaffrey is the foundational piece of this offense. So, and why did you sign C.J. Anderson? As a backup? As a backup. Okay. I mean, or not as a backup, but as a, as a secondary guy. I, I think very much because, you know, there's been a lot of talk of North Turner and mobile quarterbacks and, you know, how is that marriage going to happen? I think there's a real chance that Christian McCaffrey plays it, quarterback. That'll be the one thing he doesn't do, <laughs> <Okay>. actually. <laughs> no, but I think he he could be the foundational piece. I mean, you, these numbers aren't ridiculous if you're talking about a foundational back, which, and again, we go back to you know a guy that's no longer here, Dave Gettleman, but he, the comparison for him was Curtis Martin, who's absolutely a guy that was capable of doing that. Now... Does that come to fruition? Does that work? I don't know. But I could absolutely see Christian McCaffrey being the foundational piece of this offense, especially because we talk about Norv going vertical. Don't you want to see Christian – don't you want to see Cam drop back and go, oh, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it off to Christian McCaffrey here, 
and let's see him work in Does space. Does that count as a carry? No, nope. it's that's touch a as touch. Much. Exactly. Yeah, no. I was saying touches. He said, oh, okay. he said 25 Sorry. to 30 touches. Yeah. So to me, I, I think that because, you know, 100 catches last year, granted, minus Olsen, so you figure maybe that number does come down uh, a little bit. But I don't think this number, if you divide it by 16 weeks, sounds nearly as crazy. Well, I'm a little torn because I think that he could get 200 carries. But I don't think that he will get 25 to 30 touches this year. I think in year three or four, yeah, absolutely possible. But there are so many pieces of this offense, and Ron Rivera is absolutely bullish on even distribution of assets. And with a guy like Greg Olson coming back, who we know is Cam's favorite target, um, with Torrey Smith, with Devin Funches, who is in a contract year, with uh, Jarius Wright, who's going to be their third down guy, um, with, you know, I think people want to see Demir Bird be successful. I think people want to see Curtis Samuel play in the slot. Um, and DJ Moore. I mean, how could I forget? I mean, he's going to be all over the field. He's going to he's going to be lining up at every single receiver position, mm-hmm. and including including the X. And it's not to say he's going to take stuff away for Devin from Devin, but he's going to be lining up at every single receiver position. And I think that when you consider all of that, yes, I think that Christian will increase his workload as a running back. Um, North Turner is is. It's not going to be like when Mike Shula sent him up the gut three times because he thought the fourth time would work. Um, it's, it's going to be more efficient. So I think there's a way to do it. I don't think it means 25, 30 touches. And I also think they continue to move away from him at punt return, which means his, his special team touches will go down a little bit as well. So mathematically, I think maybe you're three or four. That's feasible. But next year, I think it's going to increase, but not by that much. Well, the, the only thing I'll say to counter that, and, and it certainly could play out that way, is that we've, t- we've gone into season four where Ron's talking about running cam less, running cam less, and then we get to week four, and they said they need to win a game, and here comes, here comes the bull. And, and I, think, I think McCaffrey is, you know, you talk about Samuel, and even we talk about Moore just because he's unproven, and even though he's a first-round pick. But these other guys, I, I can see Samuel going – have an impact week one and then having impact week four and week seven and, you know, kind of sporadically like that. And not saying he doesn't have any catches, but just having a true impact. I think for this offense to run well, Christian McCaffrey is going to have, need to have an impact week in and week out. I could see that happening after the 2020 CBA because a lot of players will have stuff currently in their contracts that indicate, you know, you get X amount of money paid more for uh, more touches, et cetera even though offenses are moving more toward even distribution and, and moving more toward, you know, a Curtis Samuel who can be situational against in, in a matchup situations. And every offense in the league is moving toward that a little yet, bit more. But yet we just talked about Sean Payton standing on a table <laughs> declaring that he loves love for Sha- Saquon Barkley. <laughs> and, and he didn't do that because he he's already got a guy that gets 15 carries a game or 15 touches because, again, Kamara is not carries, he's touches, which is similar to what we're talking about here. He has Alvin Kamara, the guy that everybody else in the league r- reportedly wanted, and he's still standing on a table talking about Saquon Barkley. That's because they, NFL coaches always want more. Sure. There's nothing. A Super Bowl is still not enough. Yeah. It's like the, the weird type A – but That's once it. you get it, but all I'm saying is once you get into it, what works mm-hmm. is what they're going to go with. And if what works is getting the ball to 22, which I think is a pretty good plan myself, um, th- then they, you know, especially if other stuff's not working, they will, have, they will lean on it. So if it works well, to Jordan's point, I think, I think Ron's, uh, Ron's estimate may end up being a little bit high. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility given how many guys, and especially like, like Samuel, do we, do we even get him for 16 weeks at this point? I mean, I think it's a – it's just one of those numbers that you throw out there, and then if it's 190, then it's close. I mean <laughs> – Nikki's like, we have three more of these. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Really? Really, that's just the first one? <laughs> really? Keekly. That's what the listeners are saying. That's, yeah, right? They're like, are you still talking about this? Our ten <laughs> listeners. Luke Keekly, really the best linebacker room of his career? Jordan? I believe him. He played at B.C., I mean, I it's interesting. I, interesting. I believe him. I do believe him because you you still got Thomas Davis in there. You have you have a mm-hmm. you know a uh, it's what third year Shaq Thompson, fourth year Shaq Thompson. Um, you have Andre Smith, who's just crazy smart. Jermaine mm-hmm. Carter's crazy smart. Ben Jacobs is incredibly underrated. I think you and I enjoy watching him. I love Ben because Jacobs. he's just so animated out there. It's hilarious, mm-hmm. and um, he's very underrated. And I think, you know, these guys, these guys really um, 
Don't forget the really Mayo Man either. He's oh, in the, no. yeah, of could course. Never. I mean, yeah. Could never, could never. Um, yeah, it's, I, th- I think, you know, I think he, I believe him when well, he says that. Es- yeah. Especially, I look at depth because it felt like for the last couple years particularly, it was like, here's the linebackers and here's the linebackers that play special teams. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and this, I'm and now when you've invested some, some draft capital, you've got some young guys and not, not that, not that we're replacing anybody around here, but just. Well, you feel like they could, I mean, not could replace anybody, but you feel like if you needed them on the field, they could be on the field. And Jermaine Carter was getting snaps at the Buffalo nickel the other day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, like these guys, it it's goes back to what we were talking about before. Like these guys are immediately getting thrown in. I mean, we didn't see, no offense to him because he's a great dude, but like we didn't see like David Mayo immediately getting first team reps in training camp. You didn't see um, Jared Norris like not playing special teams ever. So And then that's not know, apples like to oranges because Mayo right. was a fifth round pick and, and so is Carter. Right. So it's not um it's not anything against the guys who were on special teams only before and still will only be on special teams, but like you just get this feeling like they could also have a pretty solid rotation. You know, they're never gonna not take or they're excuse me, they're never gonna take Luke Keekley off the field. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time I think this Thomas Davis thing was a wake-up call for them. And they were like, oh, um, we need a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, Marty drafted Thomas, and he left, and Thomas was still here, and then he came back, and Thomas was still here, and then finally he's like, you know, Thomas may leave at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, you know, we should just draft all the linebackers in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keep on, what's yeah. that, undrafted free agent? Yeah, bring him in. Chris, I like him. Bring him in. He's got oh, a yeah. huge leg tattoo. I'm interested. Let's get him on the field. I was waiting for you to bring this up. I was waiting for you. I forgot about him. Uh People really like him on that team, Chris Fry. Yeah. Um, spelled like Frey, like House Frey in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like. <laughs> Dodge the oh. spoiler. I was worried. Yeah. Oh. oh, I wasn't going to spoil anything, but um, he he's an interesting cat. I think Josh and I are like kind of wondering like where the heck he even. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You see Michigan him on the State. field. I know he, he's a Michigan State Spartan, but like, I don't know. I feel. I don't know. I have like this weird. Is that like, like a negative thing? No, no, no. It's not negative. It's, it's okay just, if it is. I just it's was just curious. like you feel like um, he was like like um, I don't know. He's just interesting. He's an interesting cat. Yeah, I, I agree. gotta say, I, I, I can't really put my finger on it. I'm excited to like talk to him. So he has what can only be described as. So you know how when you have I feel your like entire he's a secret agent is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, like, like an undercover a, boss. I feel like he's like an, un- kind of I feel like he's an undercover. Like, like, agent. He's a, like Tepper planted him. To, like I think. I'm not going to say he didn't do yeah. it. Okay. Uh, I'm in. That's I'm in. I That's all I need for this. It's just I'm really, in. it's very interesting. I just, uh, people, when they come to Fan Fest, they just need to, like, I mean, like see a thir- it. What is he, like yeah. a 37-year-old banker? Like, what is he? We what don't is know. We, d- we don't know. We don't know who he is. We don't know he how old he is. He never takes off his helmet. We don't know how old he is. He never takes off his helmet. Yeah. We don't know, uh... We don't know if he has fingerprints. Yeah, like, it's a great. <laughs> just, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm gonna go with no. When it comes to Chris <laughs> Fry, right. he also man. has. We don't know the. So you know when you have your entire arm is covered in a tattoo, it's a sleeve. sleeve yeah. But if your entire leg is covered in a tattoo, what's it called? Is it a pant? I don't know. Like but we talked a, about it all like, the time. It's writing. Yeah, it's his entire leg. So his what, entire so right so leg like is all tattooed. Hug, he's got like so Huck like Finn down think, his leg. What I think is like. If Luke Keekley pulls him aside, he's like, hey, man, what's on your leg? And he starts to read it, then, like, a secret portal to an alternate alternate universe oh, opens up. Oh, so it's oh, not man. English? I don't know. Oh. I don't know, man. We don't, yeah, we don't we see We don't him. know. Yeah, we, don't know. <laughs> we don't know. I'm just saying, I feel like it's like he's placed here for a very specific reason. He's either a mole or he's, like, a time lord. <laughs> and this, and this is why lord. people go, why are you watching week one of the preseason <laughs> in the fourth quarter, yeah. Colin? And this I say, because apparently. <laughs> see if a hole opens in the middle <laughs> of the field in Buffalo, there's New a, York. Yeah, there's a gatekeeper that's going to take the NFL shield out of the middle of the field. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Fry opens the star gate. Yeah. When someone asks you, <laughs> you're then, God. Oh, you also, just yes. to be clear, Chris Fry junior so uh chris oh. Rice senior oh. is out there somewhere he actually absorbed him into his soul <laughs> <laughs> so he's two he's two men <laughs> senior is actually the keeper of the game yeah. he's actually, oh. senior is actually a tiny robot inside his head that's he's why like, we never see him take his helmet off like quato in total recall it's like There's men in black it's I like inside <laughs> the dog it's like it's like we talked a lot about robots this on the podcast today. This is the most Chris today. Fry so talk that's ever happened. I'm so sorry that happened. I'm here. I'm, I love it. I'm sorry that I'm here today. When I, I try and bring this up on Sweet Tweets next week, it's definitely not going to get on the broadcast. Yeah, no, it's definitely not going to. <laughs> All right, before we wrap this thing up, 
Just say yes or no. Are and if you say no, yes. Really? yes or no, here you got to go. do this. You have to do this because I, I have yes to Yes or no, we're oh. skipping. We're. Uh oh. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. We're, 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 we're staying with the game, but I have to know okay. this because I haven't seen him in real life. Dante Jackson, fastest player in the team. Yes. Close? Yes. Is it close? Yeah, of course it's close. It is close. They're football between players. Him and Demir. Yeah, Demir. No, no, no. Because like Ted, like when Ted Gen would run, there like was a it, dis yeah. yeah, like it yeah. wasn't no, this close. One, this one, I believe. Dante's yeah. fast. Honestly, yeah. the 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 DJ Moore, the highlight from like the first practice when Moore had him beat and then he just accelerated and caught him. It was just, it was like you watched and you were like, holy Toledo, he is. It's like any one of us just exhaling. Just a simple act of exhaling. That's Dante Jackson going into his second gear. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's Nikki, crazy. Nikki, is the official host, can I ask a follow-up question here? Do we need to move along? <laughs> she said say yes or no. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you, you can go ahead. <laughs> go okay. ahead. I um, like how you whispered into the microphone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. professional. We, we can't hear you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, just on the draft class, since we're here down in training camp, is there anybody, because sometimes guys show up to training camp and you go, oh, they drafted that guy. He doesn't. He doesn't look like he belongs. Is there anybody that you've that they that they uh, you know I, just because we've we've gone through most of the list now, talking about these different guys. Was there anybody that you said that you thought like, I don't know. Um, I mean, some of the you know you look at some of these undrafted free sure. agents. Sure. No, 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 no. Forget those guys. Okay. They'll be working right. right here next to us. They'll be waiting tables. <laughs> oh man. What? Except for the one that it's starts a at no, left it's guard. A yeah. it's a well, that guy, sure. Except for the next and, well, and Chris yeah. Fry, who's apparently going to take over the world as soon as he gets cut. Well, well that's but, different. Yeah, but that's not, that's not football related. I'm not trying, no, I'm not trying to be mean-spirited. I'm just saying the reality is lots of guys get invited, and not lots of guys make the roster. We're talking about the guys that they, they, they selected. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I think that all the guys that they drafted, you look at them on the field, and they, they feel like they belong there. Now, whether all of them are going to make the team – that's kind of a different story. I mean, you look at that defensive tackle room, and it's a question of whether Kendrick Norton can beat out Kyle Love, and I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. That, that doesn't mean that's nothing bad about Kendrick Norton as a player. That's more of a compliment to Kyle Love, who who um, can beat us what seventh round pick. Good compliment. Well, I mean, it's kind of a compliment. <laughs> oh, oh. No, I mean, that's okay. But if I say they're not going to make the team, then that's a problem. Why? I feel like I'm getting different. treated a little yeah. differently it's different. here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to be Nikki's magnanimous. Face. Nikki's face, by the way. This is why it's on video. Yeah. yeah, Nikki's face is. Thank you for giving. She's the, still not quite sure what to do with me. I'm <laughs> I love how intense and passionate he gets. Yeah, when he so speaks. angry all the time. No. It's, like, it's like the Holy Spirit took over his body or, or something. I don't Chris know. Fry. Or Chris Fry. Or, yeah, there exactly. We go. There Maybe we go. Chris Fry is with us here right now. He is. Oh. Uh, He's everywhere. The gate has you opened. You can feel him. They're the here. gate has opened. Jordan, <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you on the uh, Twitter, social medias, and whatnot. Uh, find me on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue, J-O-U-R-D-A-N-R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E. It is a mouthful. I'm sorry about that. Or a, a fingerful, I guess, because you're typing, right? <laughs> or a thumb. I don't know. I'm it's, I'm going down the wormhole now. But, um, yeah, and uh, charlotteobserver.com. Um, and I love, uh, I love answering questions and getting emails so anyone uh, have any questions reach out to me Colin uh, Colin Hoggard so the uh, second most difficult name to spell on the show um, <laughs> Colin CLT on Twitter uh, eat more easily mispronounced no we probably could no you probably you probably get you probably get more mispronunciations than I do she gets Rodriguez all the time is it right? just is that is that all you would get like with Rodriguez well, I get Mr. Rodrigue a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just get the, oh, there's no way this starts with hog. So, yeah. hoger, ho, ho, ho. How, yeah. do I, how do I say this without saying hog in this ha name? Hogger. I don't want to embarrass anybody. <laughs> but this can't be your name. Hogger. Josh? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. You can follow me on Instagram the same way. And if you would like to sign up for the Ortho Carolina 5K, I will be running in it on August 18th. Ortho Carolina obviously is the sponsor of the Riot Network. That's what they call a plug. <laughs> and uh, I think that um, I will be out there running. Will you be now, running the whole distance? I'll be running all 5Ks, but I would like you to oh, I would Ks. like to put that out there that don't talk to me while we're running. Like, I'm going to have my headphones in. I cannot be one of those people that has, like, a chat. What playlist are you going to be running to? Oh, I'm going to be running the Hotness Part 1. <laughs> hotness Part I 1. I made him a playlist. Well, I have Mr. a playlist Mr. Rodrigue was nice <laughs> enough to share yeah. it with me. Yeah, I did. 
did. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it has a sick remix of the Cardi B song, Like It Like That, which nice. is uh, professionally recommended by Ron Rivera. So, um, <laughs> so it's hip. Yeah, yeah, it's very, <laughs> very all the hipness. I believe the kids are listening to it. If you don't want to run with Josh, you can make signs with me that say, go, Josh. How about that? Ooh, I, I like that. I don't, That's I don't a really good the, idea. I won't be running any of the 5Ks. And I'm Nikki. You can find me Twitter, Nikki704, or Instagram at Nikki Lee Wolf. One day contract. We're live today here at Spartanburg Growler House. Thanks for having us here. One day contract powered by Ortho Carolina, proud part of the Riot Network. Jordan Rodrigue, your one day contract is up. Everyone else, we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me, guys. I didn't get it. I tried to get this Cardi B song to come on at the at the right time, but it did not work out. That's a shame. That's not bad. That's not you good. Just sing it. Or yeah. Just sing I it. like it like that. Stop the tape.